And every minute of every day, your 17 trillion cells are mitosing. They are reproducing, cloning themselves, and growing again. And the question is, is whether or not the nutrition in your diet is high enough to support the normal reproduction of these cells, or if you have in your diet and in your environment too many gene toxins, and if you have mitochondrial or genetic toxins, then these things might be interfering in your ability for normal cell reproduction. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about toxic foods. Normally, we focus on healthy foods, and we talk about all the ways that you can become healthier and healthier and healthier and, and impact your health in, in all the beneficial ways. But today we're going to talk about the other side of the coin. What are those foods that we should be avoiding and why? And I'm going to cross-reference toxic foods with toxic ingredients that you can look for on your grocery store shelves and that you can wean out of your diet as you see fit. And so my name is Dr. Millie, and welcome to the Double Diamond Hour. This is the Eating for Meaning show on the Double Diamond Hour. This Monday morning, we are broadcasting to you live, and we've got all sorts of activity going on in the radio booth this morning. Static electricity is high. <laughs> and But I want to welcome you to the show. We are broadcasting to you live from the Double Diamond Wellness Center at 125 West 72nd Street. We are in Suite F. And we are a, a clinic, an energy center. We provide acupuncture and psychology and EMDR trauma reprogramming. We have naturopathic medicine, and I'm the naturopathic doctor here at the Double Diamond Wellness Center. And I want to welcome you to Eating for Meaning. Eating for Meaning is a year-long nutrition program, but even more than that, it is a method of reintroducing common sense back into our life without having to move towards fad diets just because they pop up. And how to understand your own body and your relationship to food in an individual way. And so every week I'm here to tell you and share with you anecdotes and biochemistry and biology and food nutrition science and also my own clinical and personal experience with eating and forming relationships to food. Yesterday, yesterday, I was actually workshopping the Eating for Meaning program in Brooklyn, and I went through uh, my own story, which came to me kind of fresh, actually, that it, it, it's funny how our own narrative kind of changes over time and as we get used to discussing it. And I realized that, first of all, one thing that really influenced my becoming a naturopathic doctor was the fact that my parents raised us on very healthy food, like hippie food, lentils and rice, vegetarian. My parents did not have very much money. We were in Canada, in rural Canada. They had five children. My dad was still a student when I was born. And so they decided that gardening and whole vegetarian foods were the best ways to go. So 
Uh, they ruined me on lentils and rice, unless it's spiced Indian style like dal. But besides that, I really took away a great impression on the impact, the positive impact that food has on us. And I was not allowed to consume cakes and cookies and sodas and cola and Wonder Bread. My parents made their own bread. I couldn't trade my peanut butter sandwich if I tried at school because none of the children wanted to eat it. But in the long run, it really benefited my overall health. However, when I was about 20 years old, I did start following nutrition fads and I had moved out of the house and I was living in Toronto by then, the big city in Canada. And I started following this shock blonde nutritionist who used to say, her, her name was Susan Powder, and she used to say, if you don't eat fat, you won't become fat. And so I did exactly that. I cut all fat out of my diet. And when we cut fat out of our diet, the only other two nutrients, macronutrients that we have left are protein and carbs, because there's only three. There's only protein, carbs, and fat. And so I cut out fat thinking that, you know, I didn't want to get fat here. I was a 20-year-old young woman. And what I started noticing was that I started eating more muffins and cereals and I was eating bowls upon bowls of Rice Krispies or Special K and skim milk and never really able to get full. I was eating crackers and rows of crackers and I was actually gaining weight during this process and I was really increasing my food cravings and my sensitivity to starches and carbohydrate foods. And I started thinking about food all the time. I start, couldn't, couldn't stop thinking about it. And then in order to deal with the fact that I was eating too much food, I started purging. I started vomiting. So I developed a bulimia habit, I guess. And so this lasted for maybe a few months. And that I was doing this whole routine where I couldn't stop eating, couldn't stop thinking about food. And then I would I'd vomit the food when I would overeat. And then something happened, which I hope does not happen to you in order to make you change your lifestyle. I fell down the stairs and I broke my jaw in three places. And so I could not even eat, let alone uh, think about what I was eating. And I was spending so much energy all of a sudden just on uh, willing my jaw to fuse to my skull again that I couldn't even think about whether or not I was thin or I couldn't think and obsess about food. I was clearly thinking about other things. And so that whole problem kind of went away. And so I just focused on healing myself and it takes about two years to heal from a head injury like that. And, but in that mean, in the meantime, I uh, applied to go to naturopathic medicine school. And so I have this experience where I've, I've had the sugar cravings and my brain has gone that way. I have uh, conditioned myself, so to speak, to be like many other people, maybe some of you are listening, to have restricted my food, especially an entire group of food, to the point where uh, I'm suffering as a, as a result of that, that lack of balance. And so not only do I have the education, but I also bring with it this personal experience. And so uh, I shared this yesterday at this workshop, and, and I decided that I wanted to share it with you today. But today we are talking about toxic foods. And so uh, this is detox season. And last week on the program, I talked about a fall detox and why and how and, and who 
Oh, no, actually, it was two weeks ago that I talked about a fall detox. Last week, I talked about the individual diet. But this is fall. And this is a time of year where many people are wanting to uh, make a dash for getting healthy before the holidays begin. It's a time when our body is uh, changing along with the changing season. Our immune system is turning over. So in many traditional food cultures, we do uh, do things nutritionally with, via teas and herbs and soups in order to strengthen our immune system. And so this is a good time to start cutting out certain toxic foods out of the diet, certain foods that are contributing maybe towards our food issues and not really contributing towards our health. If we think of the proverb, let food be thy medicine, then these foods that I'm going to talk about today certainly do not fall into the medicine category and they would fall into the poison category. And so these toxic foods are alcohol. We're going to talk about caffeine. We're going to talk about white bread. We'll talk about sugar, especially things like high fructose corn syrup. We'll talk some about dairy products. I'll talk about fast food. The list continues as junk food or even wannabe food, food that is not really food, but more food products. And then there's the genetically modified food, the soy and the corn in particular, and barbecue meat. <laughs> so this, because this is going to round out the list of toxic foods, and we'll cross-reference that with some toxic ingredients. And so there are, there are toxins that are found in foods that really we should work to avoid. And it's not necessarily that the foods themselves that contain these toxins are bad, but considering they are reared in a specific way or farmed using pesticides or farm or injected with with toxins or with steroids then this is how some foods come to be toxic even though maybe 50 years ago they were not and so when we're thinking about uh, eliminating processed foods and including more whole foods in our diet or if we're debating the, the whole organic concept and whether or not we should eat organic, then this is some of the reasons for why. We want to try to identify which foods have a higher toxic level where even if they're perfectly healthy foods such as fish, for instance, we know that cold water fish, especially the large ones such as tuna, live a long time, store a lot of fats, Cold fish, one reason why cold water fish is so healthy is because they have to produce their own insulation because their temp, their body doesn't regulate their own temperature. So they have to, uh, they, their body, their body just takes the temperature of the environment they're, that they're in. And so fish that live in very cold water have to develop a protective layer of fat. And these omega-3 fatty acids that these fish live in cold, cold waters produce in order to protect and insulate their own bodies and their own inner organs are actually very healthy for us because it resembles the same tissue and material that makes up our brain, the, the, the matter of our brain, and also the myelination that allows our nerve cells to communicate to each other. And so fish such as tuna, salmon, mackerel, sardines, herring, and cod and halibut, and even swordfish and shark 
have a lot of this omega-3 fatty acid. Now, why do you never hear of swordfish and shark as have as being healthy for you. The reason is, is because their pesticide load, their, their, uh, I should say, mercury and dioxin and PCB load is so high. And, and these toxins tend to be fat soluble and get stored in the very fat that we want to consume. And so these fishes grow so big, sharks grow so big, swordfishes grow so big, and then also tuna grow so large, they live for such a long time, that the longer the life of the fish, the more exposure it has to the pollutants in the ocean, and therefore it increases their uh, toxicity level. So this is how uh, healthy food and otherwise healthy food becomes, we should say, toxic. However, fish does not really count on this list because studies show that the benefits of eating omega-3 fatty acids and fish that contain omega-3 fatty acids outweigh the risks of consuming this mercury. And so this is one reason why we might want to detox and so that we can continue to eat the fish but still allow ourselves to get rid of the, of the toxins. But there are other foods that are just toxic from the beginning, and we're going to talk about those. When we come back from after the break, this is Dr. Millie. This is the Eating for Meaning show on the Double Diamond Hour on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com
and welcome back. So this is the Eating for Meaning show on the Double Diamond Hour here at TalkingAlternative.com. And I am your host, Dr. Millie, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a certified nutrition specialist. And today we are talking about toxic foods. And if you want to know about fish safety and about which fishes are recommended to eat right now, then you can go to earthdaycoalition.org and you can look up their documents and read about their mercury consumption and fish and you can get a lot of information. They do publish reports annually, I believe, on which um, fishes currently have a high level of mercury and which ones have been improved in the food chain, because it's not all doom and gloom. There are environmental groups and there even are corporations and even government agencies that are attempting to clean up our environment and positively impact the food uh, chain. And however, we have to remember that we as human beings would consider ourselves and Duke, and this is not just egocentric on our part, but we are at the top of the food chain because we are opportunistic when it comes to food. <laughs> we do eat everything that we can that's available to us. And we do tend to be master over all the beasts and the plants. And so if we are eating the food, the fish that consume the pollutants from the ocean water, then we would be at the top of the food chain and consuming all the, not only the mercury levels from one fish, but the mercury levels from all the fish that would be, uh, that we would eat over a period of time. And this gets into every fat cell of our body and gets stored, gets processed by the liver, and even even gets into breast milk. But again, studies still show that women who breastfeed their babies, even if they have been exposed to even the Inuit women who eat seal blubber and who do eat a uh, shark and whale and these uh, large animals and fish that have high mercury levels, they are still healthier for eating the fish than for avoiding the fish. And so this is all not not about just reducing all levels of toxic foods in our body because it's just about making selections as to which ones you want to consume and are worth consuming which is versus which ones are better off just left out. And so alcohol. So we're going to talk about alcohol. Alcohol is a liver toxin. It is a, a neurotoxin as well. Alcohol is a very acidic chemical that it's a natural chemical, though. It is produced by natural fermentation. It's produced when um, yeast uh, is exposed to oxygen and 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 bacteria. And then it produces uh, alcohol as a result of those those combinations sugars and yeast and oxygen and bacteria, they all merge and then they produce alcohol. And so alcohol is considered a toxin, but also does have some health benefits. So it does, it does thin our blood. Now, depending on what the, what the original substrate of the alcohol is, as if it's grapes, then it has antioxidants in it as well as the alcohol. So it's not only alcohol. Whereas if you're eating, drinking whiskey that comes from fermented a uh, rye grain, a gluten-filled grain, if you have problems with gluten or if you have problems with, with wheat or with any of the, the, the gluten-based grains, then whiskey could, might not be your friend. And also whiskey is a stronger alcohol than let's say a, a wine or a beer. And so therefore it's more likely to reduce your vitamin B12 and really put stress on your liver. 
Caffeine. I get asked a lot about caffeine because uh, caffeine is, so for instance, let's say Medscape produced a research paper or an opinion piece a few years ago about coffee, America's best drug. And I really took offense (laughs) to that whole concept because coffee is not a drug. And so coffee is actually an herb and it's an herbal preparation. It's an extraction from beans. And so the caffeine itself is only one chemical that's found in the coffee. And so any herb, whether it's green tea or whether it's yerba mate or whether it's coffee, they all have variant or black tea. It's been more fermented. It's the same plant as the green tea. It's been more fermented, have higher, have different levels of caffeine. And the caffeine itself is a a chemical. So it does accumulate in the system. It can cause symptoms such as anxiety and mood fluctuations and increase our stress hormone. And uh, whereas it can also have other benefits. So even though caffeine is contained in green tea, green tea also contains other nutrients like L-theanine and L-theanine is a brain calming nutrient. And so the caffeine doesn't uh, has to compete with the brain calming nutrient. And so the effect of green tea doesn't really produce the same amount of, of anxiety, let's say, as several cups of coffee. Now, studies do show that drinking coffee, Americans who drink coffee are actually healthier than Americans who don't drink coffee. And the reason I believe this is true is because coffee at low doses, because it's a bitter principle, does have a liver detoxifying ability. Whereas if you just took caffeine, caffeine certainly does not allow, does not detoxify the liver and does not have any health benefits. And so the container for which the chemical is housed, is very important. So let's go, let's go further on to white bread. All processed food, and there's several steps in the processing of foods and how foods are, after they're harvested at the farm, how they're prepared. And so if we think about whole wheat versus white wheat or brown rice versus white rice, the process that the, that the grain goes through is that the fiber layer is removed and there's a flour is made from the bread and the germ as well as the bran layer are generally thrown away or they're used for other things. So, uh, wheat can produce wheat bran, which is the outer layer. It can produce wheat germ, which is the second inner layer, which is a high protein and high vitamin E layer, and it can produce white flour. And so if you, if you process the wheat and break all this constituents down, then you can end up with two healthy substances and one unhealthy substance. Whereas the white and the white bread is what we're mostly consuming and it's higher starch and the glycemic index of white bread is the same glycemic index as white sugar. And so the way, the way the body processes white bread is that it raises our blood sugar. It only, it only white bread only has starch that has the same glycemic index as white sugar in it. And what that means is that when we eat white bread, 
then our blood sugar is likely to rise at this at the same level over a period of time as our blood sugar rises when we eat uh, a teaspoon of sugar. And so this is what's known as the glycemic index, how much our blood sugar rises as compared to how much our blood sugar rises when we eat white sugar and white bread is equal. Now, some people eat wheat bread and they think that they're doing themselves a good favor by eating wheat bread. But all wheat breads are not the same because wheat bread just means that they've included the bran layer, the outer layer, the fiber layer, which is good. But some wheat breads have only included this a small amount, just enough to make a color difference. And so if you read the ingredients list of your bread and whole wheat is not the first ingredient, then you know that 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 if white wheat or enriched wheat is the first ingredient, then your blood sugar is still going to rise in correspondence to this bread. Now, other reasons that white bread is toxic is because it's inflammatory. So white bread, just like sugar, is very inflammatory. It lowers our immune system. So not only does it not have the protective benefits of having fiber, and, and the fiber layer is also where the nutrition is. It's also where the minerals are. It's also where... Uh, it's not only where the sugar balancing nutrients or fiber is, where, which blocks the absorption of sugar into the bloodstream. It's also where we find our magnesium and our selenium and, and our phosphorus and our potassium and any of the minerals and vitamins, in, including some B vitamins that we would get from a whole wheat or a wheat berry are found in the fiber layer. The protein layer is in the germ. And that's the, that's the part of the, of, the, of the grain that generates new life that can be actually be sprouted. Sugar. Sugar is highly processed. So these days, sugar does not, no longer comes from cane sugar in America. It no longer comes from the sugar cane. It comes from the sugar beet. And the sugar beet is a genetically modified organism. And so what's so dangerous about genetically modified? In principle, genetically modified means that there's been either a protein or a virus inserted into the, uh, the food and into the gene of the food that causes the food to be tolerant to the wet weather or tolerant to the cold weather or resist pesticides or maybe grows a, a smoother skin or grows larger or grows sweeter. And so genetic modification or produce a, a certain nutrient like golden rice produces beta carotene. So in principle, genetic modification could be used towards good things, but all of the genetically modified crops, such as the sugar beet, the corn, and the soy, have all had a uh, virus inserted into the, the organism that produces its own pesticide. And so there's pesticides being produced in the sugar, as well as our corn, as well as our soy here in the United States, as well as our cotton, and as well as our alfalfa, and as well as our canola oil. And so these foods are toxic because these foods are actually producing their own pesticide. And this pesticide is an, is an endocrine disruptor, which means that it can impact our hormones. And, and this can affect young children as they're going through puberty. This can affect uh, women and men in terms of fertility, in terms of their, their, uh, their fertility. And... Uh, 
and and it can also cause hormone related conditions such as uh, endometriosis or fibroids or even some of the cancers that are related to hormones. And so genetically modified foods have been banned from several countries around the world. And of course, we have a labeling issue here in the United States. It's not likely that we'll ever get to the point where there's no GMO, but hopefully we'll get to the point where things that are labeled non-GMO. And so this is Dr. Millie. We are talking about toxic foods today. And this is a more negative subject that I'm used to talking about. <laughs> so we might switch it up and talk to some talk about some positive things when we come back after the break. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Cigarettes and chocolate milk These are just a couple of my cravings Everything it seems I like's a little bit stronger A little bit thicker A little bit harmful for me If I should buy jelly beans Okay, and welcome back. And today we're talking about toxic foods and... I guess it, part of it is just knowing which foods are toxic and why so that we can make a strategic plan to eliminate them when possible. Now, some people just want to change grocery aisles or just want to change grocery stores. So if you go to if you shop at a large chain grocery store, then 
there usually always are organic sections. And so you can shop at the organic section and you can find some of the food that I'm looking for or that I'm talking about. Um, so you can find food that does not use white flour, at least white wheat flour. There are other white flours from other, from other grains that have also been milled and processed in a similar way. Although, so you can still get white rice bread or white rice cereal. I mean, even mainstream Rice Krispies are white rice cereal. So it's not that it's only wheat that can be considered a toxic food either. So any grain that's been processed to the point where there's no more fiber left and, and no germ left really doesn't have the nutrition that you want from your grains. You don't want your grains just to give you sugar calories. You also want your grains to provide you with fiber. And in doing so, it buffers the sugar uptake into your bloodstream. And so when you're looking in the organic sections, most anything that comes in a box tends to be a processed food because it means that it's been made in a factory or a bakery or a plant of some sort. And you don't entirely know what all of the ingredients are. If you look at the ingredients, if you, if you look at ingredients and you don't recognize anything, and sometimes it's tricky. Some people say, if you look at a label or an ingredients list and you don't recognize the words, or you can't pronounce them, then don't eat it. But sometimes I do have to tell you that those are vitamins. It is, it is true that sometimes they are enriching or fortifying the foods, even the white foods, especially because they've removed the B vitamins, they've removed the folic acid. And so then they decide to add the vitamins or the folic acid back into the bread or into the crackers. And there's some questionable, there's questions about that because why not just eat the whole grain before it gets processed? Why add the nutrients back into it? However, likely fortification is a better idea than not fortifying if you are going to eat the white bread product in the first place, because at least you're getting the nutrients back. It's like taking a vitamin pill with your cereal or with your pasta. And so... Shopping in the organic section, going to new grocery, shopping in the international section also. Shopping in grocery store aisles where they sell uh, imported tomato sauce, olive oil, uh, pasta. So pasta from Italy does tend to be a better quality because wheat grown in Italy has not been genetically engineered as as much as wheat grown in the United States, nor has it been sprayed so much with pesticides. So Apart from Mexico <laughs> or some of the other um, South American countries, which really the United States owns their agriculture, uh, then many imports, especially from Europe, tend to be better, uh, better quality of food and, than, than here. Now, China... Uh, <laughs> Mexico's on board. I hear you're listening, Mexico. And I'm sorry about that. However, the reason is, is because of the heavily sprayed uh, valleys of which American food is grown in Mexico. Not, of course, due to uh, Mexican food grown for Mexican consumers. And I'm not sure about that, actually. I'm not, I'm not sure about the quality of the differences between Mexican food that's grown in Mexico versus the quality of the food that's grown in Mexico for the consumption of Americans. And so that's definitely something to look into.
And then uh, switching grocery stores altogether. Some people want to switch to Whole Foods or they want to switch to Trader Joe's or they want to tr- switch to Fairway, which tends to be a grocery store that contains that, that, that sells more organic products. And so if you're used to shopping at Key Food or if you're used to shopping um, at now all the Canadian names are coming to me now, so I can't even think about a- A&P. Yes, if you're used to shopping at A&P, you might want to switch over to Fairway. And so you can make just a simple environment change. And then all of a sudden the food, the healthier food is more available for you. You also just want to avoid as many box products as possible because when you buy boxed products, if it has a nutrition label, for instance, it's likely not as healthy as something that doesn't come with a nutrition label because foods that don't come with nutrition labels are whole foods, fruits and veggies, uh, meats, fish, that come from the deli or come from the fish market. They don't come with a nutrition label. The reason is, is because none of their nutrition levels have been diced apart and added back and nothing has been processed or rearranged. And so then you don't have to worry about it so much. And I said that I was going to talk about high fructose corn syrup and, and high fructose corn syrup is the problem with it really, because I think everybody knows the dangers of, of high fructose corn syrup is that it's so disguised by food manufacturers. And so they can uh, say that a product has fructose, which used to mean fruit sugar. So is fruit sugar is fructose like fruit sugar from berries and apples bad for you? No, it's good for you as long as it's in the fruit. Whereas when fructose is isolated from corn and concentrated to be 8, 12 times sweeter than your average fructose, then it has detrimental effects on your blood sugar and on your metabolism and on your weight and on your heart. And so fructose can come disguised in all sorts of ways. Uh, Anhydrous dextrose, brown sugar, confectioner's powder sugar, corn syrup, corn syrup solids, glucose, dextrose. They can call it invert sugar. Uh, They can call it white granulated sugar. And as I mentioned before, white granulated sugar is really no longer from cane sugar here in the United States. It comes from genetically modified beets. And so normally it used to be prior to 10 years ago, I thought if something contained beet sugar or beet extract, yeah, that's amazing because beets are so healthy for you. And the sugar that's found in beets is just regular fructose, but no longer because now beets, sugar beets are genetically modified to have higher sugar levels. And then they also have this toxin in them. And so you have to be careful about that toxin uh, in that it's a pesticide. And so milk, should we get to milk? (laughs) So milk is, you know, one of the first foods that almost all mammals will drink. And so there's different theories by, by different health or political kind of organizations that, you know, humans are the only mammal that drink milk past the age of three, even elephants don't drink milk and they live longer than humans and all of these kind of more political or agenda, I would say, based uh, organizations. But that's not the, those are not the details to really get caught up on. I'm not saying that ethics is not a good reason not to eat something. But really, as far as I'm concerned, it's the way that the milk is processed. So in the olden days, or in some small uh, hobby farms, or organic farms, or raw milk farms, when they, when they milk a cow, then you drink that milk right away, or you give it to your neighbor, and then your neighbor drinks the milk right away. 
And there's not really time for bacteria to grow. And you don't have to worry about the pasteurization. And you don't have to worry about the dangers of raw milk. Even still, if you're, if you're buying from, a, let's say, a larger farm to feed a larger community, if it's an organic farm, and even if they are pasteurizing the milk, so they are boiling the milk and heating the milk to kill all the bacteria, Louis Pasteur, he's one of the great scientists of the last century, invented pasteurization, saved us all from dying of smallpox or something. But, or, pen, and then, and, and then, so then, then penicillin could be made so that we can all also survive different bacteria. But the problem is, is that when everything's being pasteurized and all that bacteria is being killed, it's also the good bacteria that's being killed. And so this is one thing about, about, uh, pasteurized milk because it doesn't have any good bacteria anymore and yeah it doesn't have the bad bacteria but it doesn't have the good bacteria either but that's not necessarily the reason why it's toxic the reason why milk and dairy products are toxic these days is because cows are very poorly treated in factory farming practices so no longer is it one farmer who's milking his cows and pasteurizing the milk and selling the milk to different grocery stores. That is not how farming happens here in the United States. What happens is that milk is, is pooled in from all of these different farms all over the United States and possibly even further could be, could be sent in from China or Canada or Mexico, different countries then the milk gets irradiated, the milk is pasteurized, and the not only is the milk more heavily treated, but the milk does also have more potential for danger because we're actually co-mixing different farms' milk. And so every different farm will have its own different set of bacteria and will have its own different set of ecology, essentially, and when you mix those ecologies all together, then you cannot control for the bacteria that might exist or bacteria that might compete with each other or enable the other one to grow. And so this is why cows have to be given antibiotics and also, and so then therefore the milk has antibiotics in them. And then cows are also, of course, cows, you know, it takes a long time to grow a cow up and that's very expensive for a farmer to raise a cow. And if the farmer has to raise a lot of cows and then there's a real rush for that cow if it's not producing milk for a year, let's say. So there's a rush for that cow to become uh, bigger and faster and produce more milk. And so then they, they give cows something called recombinant bovine growth hormone, RBGH or RBST. And it's, go it's given to cows to increase milk production. And of course... Recombinant bovine growth hormone increases our own body's insulin. It increases insulin growth factor. So therefore, it takes something that was otherwise healthy, mother's first milk, so to speak, and makes it kind of a toxic pot that we are drinking on a daily basis. And it makes it carcinogenic and cancer-causing, and it increases the risk for breast, prostate, and colon cancers, which are all the uh, hormone-sensitive cancers and so this is why milk, even though this milk is what you give to your children, right? This is one reason why milk has actually become toxic. And so I hope, listeners, that some light is being shed on it for you. Uh, when we come back from after the break, how many minutes do I have, Janice? Ten seconds. I have 10 seconds. When we come back from after the break, we're going to talk about mil uh, meat. We're going to talk about polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic amines. 
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back. This is the Eating for Meaning show on the Double Diamond Hour, and you are listening to TalkingAlternative.com, and I want to welcome you back. My name is Dr. Millie, and I'm your host, and we've been talking about toxic foods today. It's a little depressing, actually. I don't even know if I really like dedicating a whole show to such a downer. However, I am going to continue on, and I hope you're picking up some valuable tidbits. And there's this topic is so huge, to be honest. I could have dedicated an entire hour to the toxic toxicity of dairy or the toxicity of fast food or the toxicity of junk food, what I want to call wannabe food. Now, fast food incorporates the toxicities of all the things that we've been talking about, the white bread, the sugar, uh, the dairy products, and also poor quality meat. So when meat is meat can also be processed and it can be have it can have uh, carcinogenic salts and preservatives added to it. So fast food is really meant to be 
to last quite a long time. So uh, a McDonald's hamburger, you know, somebody has done an experiment and kept a McDonald's apple pie or something for 10 years and it never changed, things like that. So it means that they're putting so many preservatives into the food. If they're putting so many preservatives into a food, they're essentially pickling or embalming a food. I mean, it's really dead, 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 dead. And do you really want to eat something that is more likely to rob your own body's nutrition than it is to give you anything beneficial besides the taste. I'm always recommending people that you eat for your brain and not for your stomach. You eat for your brain and not for your for your taste buds. And so kicking the habit of some of our most addictive and most toxic food, the reason that they're so addictive is because they have chemicals in them that are addictive and habit forming excess salt. Um, That's another thing that fast food has. Fast food just has everything that you don't want. It also has rancid oils. So when oils are deep fried, then they produce toxins uh, called, and it's a long name, but it's called, um, brominated vegetable oil and brominated vegetable oil leads to reproductive and behavioral problems. And it's found in, uh, sodas and drinks. And then when fats are deep fried, then they go rancid. And then all of the beneficial omega threes, omega sixes, or even omega nines that they did have that are health promoting for the brain and the nervous system end up causing free radical damage and end up damaging your cholesterol and end up causing inflammation in your arteries and in your brain and leading to conditions like heart disease and Alzheimer's. And so if you, nobody, if you haven't seen the movie Supersize Me, it is a, I think it's a really good movie because the man really does get sick by eating McDonald's over the period over a period of a month. I mean, all of his blood markers change. It's really scientific evidence, actually, even though it's just a case study, it's one man. But even his doctors were telling him to stop eating the fast food. Now, what is wannabe food, junk food? This is this is these are sugar products, for the most part, or oil products. So Uh, let's say Crisco or hydrogenated vegetable oil that's sometimes added to coffee drinks like Frappuccinos, where it looks like dairy, but it's not really dairy, or um, products like guar gums and carrageenans that are added to ice cream to stretch out the, the, or make it smooth, a smooth consistency of the ice cream or of the fat-free sour cream. I mean, what is fat-free sour cream exactly? It is a junk food. It's a wannabe food. It's not even a real food. Um, and so there's a lot of starches in there that they, that they spin at high temperatures or high velocities so that it creates this kind of milky substance. Uh, there is some dairy in, in, in fast, uh, fat-free sour cream. However, it is, is just as much starch. Or the tangs and the Kool-Aids. What are those? There's no juice in that food. There's no fruit in that food. Those are fruit-flavored beverages, which are just sugar and FDC colors, which are aggravating for hyperactivity and give people lack of focus and cause food sensitivities. And so these, even candy... I'm not saying never eat a candy, but I'm just saying if you're eating candies all day long, then you're contributing to not only calorie intake, but then you're also taking in these chemicals and not only just the sugar, but you're also the colorings and the chemicals and the artificial flavors. 
And so these would be considered uh, definitely toxic for the system, not only habit forming and addictive, but also in large amounts, dangerous. Now in small amounts, if you just eat small amounts of these foods, like if you really like a Twinkie every once a year, then have the Twinkie once a year, no big deal. If you really like, you know, uh, McDonald's and you, there's no way that that's a deal breaker. You just cannot let go of your McDonald's. Have it once a month. But the but by virtue of having it several times a week, then you're really making it part of your lifestyle and you're really, uh, it means that that chemical food or that toxic food is really replacing nutritious food that you that you would otherwise be eating. And meat. What is the deal with barbecue? Barbecue meat. So when we barbecue meat, we're producing different uh, hydrocarbons. And so when fat, when meat fat is burned by flames, like like an open grill or a flame grill or a barbecue, or at very high heats like deep frying, then we create a carcinogen, which puts people at risk for colon cancer. These are called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Now they damage the colon because this is where they tend to accumulate, but they also can damage our brain. And so especially if we have anything like leaky gut syndrome or indigestion or gastritis or GERD or food sensitivities, or if we have uh, inflammation in our digestive tract, it's not allowing for our bodies to properly buffer these chemicals, then these chemicals can start circulating through our blood and we can get feeling very toxic or just very low, very depressed, moody. These kinds of toxins can really uh, accumulate and stay in our bodies for long periods of time. Or heterocyclic amines. Now these are also cancer-causing agents that are found when natural proteins in meats and fish react with a high temperature like those during grilling. Now, people think grilling is a very healthy way to, to do meat because you don't actually need to apply any oil to it. But really, because grilling is over an open flame and it's a very high temperature, we can think about it as if we're caramelizing the meat. And that caramel, that caramelization process, that sweet, that creates that sweet process or that chard on the meat, those are actually uh, toxic chemicals. And so it's much healthier to eat meat and fish at lower temperatures, whether it's uh, baked or stovetop, or even if it's broiled, as long as it's not, because broiling doesn't take as long and uh, is still only 500 degrees, whereas over an open flame or a deep fry, it tends to be up in the 800 and 900 range or even higher uh, for some open fire grills, depending on how large the oven is. And so meats can go from being, this is one reason that contributes to the cancer-causing ability, so to speak, of meats is how we prepare them. And so, whereas if we eat meat, if we eat it sautéed or stewed or cooked at lower temperatures in the slow cooker or even the, sl the slow food movement, then quite possibly then we're keeping our meat in a healthier state. We're keeping the proteins intact. We're not damaging the structures of the meat. We're not creating these polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or these heterocyclic amines, which are causing cancer. And so it might not actually even actually be the meat itself, but the way that we're cooking these meats that really impacts our health and creates this toxicity. Um, dioxins. What are dioxins? Di dioxins are environmental pollutants 
and they accumulate in in fatty foods such as uh, fish and who live in the ocean and such as all the land animals that are exposed uh, to our air and to car exhaust. So, and even ourselves, we accumulate quite a, quite a lot of dioxins as well. And they are uh, associated with cancer, liver damage, immune disruption. And so this has been a reason for why people say to choose no or low fat foods. But I disagree with this because the benefits of eating fat far outweighs the toxic risk unless you live right on the street. And so you do have to consider where you eat or where you live and also considering detoxing as a way to get rid of toxins as opposed to avoiding otherwise healthy foods. Avoiding the processed foods is definitely important in the fast food, but avoiding the otherwise healthy foods... Uh, is is likely not very smart when it comes to ways of decreasing our toxic load. Thanks so much for tuning in. Up next is everybody's favorite astrologer, Monty Taylor. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.TalkingAlternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. 
Fridays 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 